Welcome to the Early Learning Matters podcast. We're here for our second in the series of Numeracy in the Early Years. My name is Jackie Ward and I'm the Early Learning Coordinator at the Department of Education and I'm here with my colleagues Linda and Juliana. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi Jackie, thank you for having um, us here again today. It's Linda D. Marcellus, Numeracy Coordinator K-12. Hi ladies, it's Juliana here. I'm currently the Numeracy Advisor K-6. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you today. And uh, I hadn't um, planned to say this, but we've had some exciting news since our last um, podcast as well with the launch of the um, new strategy around literacy and numeracy. And I was very excited to see that we have um, a strong reference in there to including um, the strategy applying to preschool all the way through to year 12. So that's a really um, very exciting space, I guess, to acknowledge the importance of literacy and numeracy in the early years. So today we thought we would um, start this podcast with a focus in on intentional teaching. Um, intentional teaching is one of the key pedagogical practices within the Early Years Learning Framework and very much relates to the professional standards of knowing what to teach and how to teach it and aligns closely um, with my understanding of differentiated teaching in the um, K-12 space. So I wanted to start off by just unpacking a little bit of um, research here because um, there's been some clear evidence, I think, in both spaces, the early childhood space and, and particularly the early years of school, talking about the importance of, you know, instructional support or explicit teaching. And I wanted to unpack that a little bit first with a little bit of a conversation. So the E for Kids is um, some significant research in the early childhood space that looked at um, the strategies that educators and teachers were using, um, you know, from supporting children's development to supporting their skill development, all sorts of things. And it clearly called out that instructional teaching, which, as I said, is, an, is a crucial component of in, intentional teaching, um, is something that early childhood educators don't do well. So that really explicitly teaching sort of an idea or a concept or a skill. And again, as I said, I think it's got a strong affinity with explicit teaching, um, which is called out in the SESI document of what works best. And I think that there's probably a general misconception about both instructional support and explicit teaching and the idea that, that people think that they have to be doing it in a very sort of direct way. And I wanted to explore that in this session today, the idea of how can we still provide that sort of um, concept and knowledge skill development while doing that in more of a play-based, exploratory, inquiry-based kind of way. So I've done lots of talking there, so I'm going to hand it over to you guys to add a thought or two there. Yeah, I'm happy to jump in there, Jackie. Um, some really interesting points for consideration that you mentioned, and I think that last one is really sticking with me about teachers are really, and educators are really sort of um, confused about what is explicit teaching and how do you hone in on those teachable moments without, you know, doing that direct sort of um, instruction all the time. Um, so the one thing that I sort of want to tie it into is, um, the National Council for Teachers of Mathematics has this publication called Principles to Action. Um, and what we do in the numeracy guides is reference these eight research-based teaching practices. Um, and some of them are really, like, I mean, all of them are really worth diving into, to be honest. Uh, but there's some that really uh, speak to those early years specifically. Um, and a couple that I want to point out was the use and connection between different representations. So that is really, explicit and intentional uh, and teachers having the knowledge of uh, tasks 
that do uh, sort of uh, branch into the different representations and then using discourse and students um, student input to really bring those connections together. And of course, you know, bringing the concrete, the pictorial, the words, the language, uh, the symbolic where, where relevant. Um, I think that's really uh, important. And I'm coming also back to this um, concept of really planning hard. So yes, you can jump in on those uh, teachable moments, but you really have to have you know, all the different directions that could possibly have and anticipate that and anticipate what the students will do so that you have, you know, that range of representations and those uh, routines for discourse really a part of uh, the, the classroom sort of uh, culture so that students are really adept in, you know, jumping into these ways of working and learning. If it's okay with you guys, I might jump in there too, because I think you've raised a really good point in early childhood, Juliana, that often people sort of think I'm working with a play-based approach or I'm responding to children's interests. So they think, oh, well, if it hasn't come up in play or if it's not in relation to a child's interest, that then how do I cover those sorts of things? But this is a really good point, I guess, about there being some things or some concepts or ideas that you as a teacher might need to bring to the situation and you do need to be really well thought out and well planned out to be able to do those things that you mentioned, you know, that idea of concrete, um, children exploring materials concretely and then also, you know, showing some of the visuals, the symbols, the patterns that represent those things. So I think it's a really, really good point that there needs to be really purposeful and intentional planning in, in this space. Yeah, Jackie, if I can sort of tag on there, I think um, when Juliana were discussing uh, this idea about what it looks like. Um, I was looking at some of your resources that you have on your pay, uh, your website for planning, and it really does talk about how being prepared and the, so that notion of what Juliana was saying about planning hard is ensuring that, you know, you have appropriate numeracy-based materials, um, whether it be in your indoor or your outdoor activities, so that they that children can really take on the role of, um, of, of a numeracy user in their play. And then... Um, also sort of having that open-ended materials and objects that they can have um, a choice, you know, to decide what they're going to uh, engage with and, um, and, and use while they're doing their play-based learning. But then there's this also um, notion about talk and how important it is. And we, I think we touched on this a little bit in our first podcast, but we sort of wanted to explore this further today about talk and how it describes, you know, what um, what a student's doing. And then also with, with talking, it also engages them in asking questions and also the teacher asking questions. And so then that enables that modelling of mathematical vocab, um, which is really um, I think intentional that you want to make sure that you're encouraging the students to use, you know, the terms correctly if they if they're ready and willing to um, engage with that. Yeah, and the and the early years learning framework calls out that quite quite significantly throughout the outcomes as well to talk about that those math the mathematical language is being really appropriate um, or really relevant, I guess, in the early years learning framework as well as it is in the school space. Um, and I do think that, yeah, people, teachers or educators need to be really prepared then, don't they, to have that, um, to use the language themselves and feel confident themselves in doing that. Yeah, and I just wanted to add on to that, Jackie, and part of that being prepared is 
having really uh, purposeful questions, almost planned as well. So yes, we also have to be, you know, on the fly asking those really beautiful questions that, you know, continue and extend on the learning, but also planning where you want the learning to go and where the focus of your the mathematics and the numeracy learning is. Um, and that's called out in both those practices that I mentioned, um, but also in the What Works Best document where we do talk about explicit teaching, questioning is such a really important time uh, important part and giving students the time to not only ask but answer questions um, I think is really important and again that brings us back to you know talk moves and those beautiful actions that we can build into classrooms um, that ex have that expectation of students to to engage in discourse in a really meaningful way uh, to draw out really clear mathematics. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I can see one of your points there is sustained conversations. And, and we often refer to sustained shared thinking in the early childhood space. So that sort of toing and froing of really, um, you know, an extended period of time and also an extended sort of time with a child or children to really deeply explore some ideas and some concepts. And I think you know, this is a really good example if we think of a, a topic, if you like, numeracy is a good topic that really, really um, requires, I guess, that extended period of time and that opportunity to look at things from lots of different angles because that's the way children, you know, develop those numeracy skills and that mathematical understanding, isn't it, when they've had lots of opportunities to explore it in different ways, to look at it from different sides and dimensions. And again, it re does require that that sort of more planned approach. And I suppose when you're trying to say that planned approach, you don't want to make it too formal, obviously, because it is, you know, the early years. And and we definitely know that in kindergarten classrooms, they'll be a lot more formalised with the way they sort of have that mathematical discussion. But if I can sort of bring those talk moves in, which is a resource that we have available on our website, um, it came from a Peter paper back in 2014, which... Um, was from Christine Edwards Groves and hers was about uh, the repertoire of practices for productive classroom dialogue. And it illustrated some quite very um, distinctive behaviours that, you know, you could very much practice with your students. And then in 2017, um, Jeanette Bobbis and Jenny Way then took this paper and made it um, another Peter paper actually, which was the literacy of mathematics. And they had very distinct um, talk move strategies that they described that were really helpful in a, in a classroom. And I know that when we talk about early years, we're thinking, you know, we don't want to make it too formal that it's looking, um, it's not looking as engaging and as natural as what it can be. But there's things here that I think some of the, the early years teachers could um, encompass into their day pra daily practice like you know when you're posing that question with what Juliana was saying you know that they take that time to wait to let them sort of understand so it really allows that the student and the child to really think about what what they should be sort of maybe you know um, talking and and we found that when we took this to um, classrooms across the state, especially in the early action for success, that this these posters and these talk moves really empowered teachers to reflect on their teaching. So that wait time was really something that um, they weren't enacting a lot in their classrooms. And then giving that opportunity, another one was a turn and talk, where you are someone you. You turn and talk to your, your your mates or your friends, and so that gave 
courage to those who may not feel confident to talk, gave them that purpose to talk and also gave the students who really want to talk all the time, just that attention to talk to just, a, you know, turn and talk to your friend. And then it also gave an opportunity for teachers to sort of eavesdrop on those conversations so that they can then pick up that mathematical discourse and say, I want to sort of focus on that with my um, with my students. And and again, like I said, really natural in those early years, but those sort of um, talk moves are really nice for teachers to start to see what type of practices they could sort of um, incidentally plan with their um, early learners. Well, that all sounds amazing, and I think that we've got we've sort of talked a little bit about the notions of you know what's what sort of um, you know skill and knowledge gaps with teachers and educators and where we might go. But I'm really un interested to unpack a little bit more about the importance of um, mathematical talk, and I'm I'm going to throw it over to, to you guys to unpack that um, and the resources and the concepts and idea a little bit more. Um, I'm going to jump in there because as you were talking about, you know, those tips for really guiding uh, talk in, in in the classroom. I think uh, Kazemi and Heinz are beautiful researchers that we uh, often uh, reference in our professional learning opportunities in the numeracy team. Um, and, you know, they have a range of discussion discussion routines that can be used, you know, beyond the early years. But when you bring it down to their key principles, it really is just about knowing that out of a discussion, there should still be an achievement of a mathematical goal. So if teachers are really clear about where the mathematics sits in whatever, you know, the learning experience is, and then using that discussion to really draw that out um, and have students do a lot of the talking too, of course, um, that, that's one of the key principles. Um, but bringing it back to talk moves, one of the other principles is about students having um, that knowledge about how to share and, and what is what is the part that they should be sharing in in reference to the uh, learning experience that they just engaged in so again really focusing in on the mathematics but using those talk moves to really not only make sense of their own ideas but make sense of the ideas of others um, and really building that collaborative risk-taking uh, sort of classroom culture as well um, and, and that's sort of one of the other practices is that teachers really are the ones uh, that have to orient students to one another because, you know, all the ideas aren't coming from the teacher. They're actually coming from the other students and, and their peers. Um, so and the, the, their last practice is about teachers communicating that all students are sense makers and that all of their ideas are valued. And I think that's absolutely critical, especially as we move into those early years, uh, because, you know, when we're sharing different strategies or using different representations, again, that, that's exactly what uh, explicit teaching is, is, you know, connecting them so that students can make sense of it in a really uh, explicit, systematic and connected way. Um, then that's exactly what you know any any learning experience and discussion that follows um could could have the only other thing i was going to mention um was in reference to a, a podcast uh well podcast webinar that we were listening to that the math, math mathematics strategy recorded um it was in conversation with jeanette bobbis and she talks about this action of anticipating before you go into an instructional uh, framework like launch, explore, summarise, and how important that 
that idea is that teachers need to know where the mathematics is, where it can go, what the students might offer, and how to, to navigate those discussions and that, that talk so that students gain the most out of it. Uh, so I think that's a really important thing that uh, as all teachers and, and myself included, uh, is something we really need to build on is that notion of anticipating uh, so that we can be really natural and guided by what the students are doing, but still refocus it back on the mathematics and the goal that we intended. And I suppose if I can sort of go on to that, I think Juliana definitely mentioned obviously the um, the benefits of, you know, utilising the talk moves. But I think my maybe my takeaway would be reflect on um, your practices as a teacher. I think, you know, like we said, with that plan hard and also having that uh, natural flow of the lessons and of, of what's happening inside those early learning spaces, but maybe reflect on things that sort of uh, they need to pay more attention to. Like I said before, maybe it is about um, allowing opportunities for more wait time um, or, you know, helping students revoice their thinking. So putting back the mathematical sort of language um, or, or offering support for um how students are trying to explain their thinking by sort of, you know, giving something like, so you're saying, and do I have that correct? And other little prompts that are on that um, on that uh, resource for them to use. I think it would be really nice for teachers start to reflect on their practices so that they can actually utilise those um, numeracy learning opportunities so much more um, deeply. In, in those opportunities, whether it be, like I said, in the incidental plays or um, intentionally sort of planned with something that they're doing in the outdoors or the indoors environment. I was going to say that, Linda, if I bring it back to an early childhood context there, yeah. I'm thinking for me that would be looking like a like a project of something we were investigating or exploring as a, you know, as we do in that sort of more play-based pedagogy that I would yeah. be thinking that some of it would be some really planned sort of maths concepts and ideas and I had those sort of pre-prepared teaching strategies that I, I was going to use to draw that, you know, draw those ideas out. So um, yes. I can see that being very fitting in the early childhood space as well, you know, being quite in purposeful and intentional in what you wanted to get out of it. And that, and I'm just focusing in on maths or numeracy now, but in a project you might be looking at a whole range of different learning that's happening there, but this is one where you're very focused in on the, on the specifics of numeracy and maths. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, the talk moves that we have um, demonstrated on the website, it, it does stem from a literacy background. So it was definitely a conversation that started much earlier in, in literacy opportunities. But we can always um, know that the literacy opportunities are definitely going to be parallel with some of those numeracy opportunities too. For sure. Well, I think that's been a really great um, podcast uh, focusing in on supporting um, teachers to improve their pedagogy and engaging with numeracy and maths. So thank you both for your time. Thanks for having us again. We really enjoyed this. Thanks, Jackie.